kids like you Maker of heaven Lord of the land And Lord of the sea Holy and true Faithful and able Lord of all time And eternity Hello child of God, servant of God, welcome to the School of Grace, the Reigning in Life course, where we will be looking at the overwhelming importance of grace, God's grace, God's all-sufficient superhuman grace, grace, God's grace, and why that grace is the key to reigning in life in these times and indeed at all times and we will be looking at grace in detail and we will be studying different components which i will be outlining shortly but before we get into that there's a scripture in the book of proverbs chapter 11 and verse 16 which i'd like to read to begin with it says a gracious woman retains honor, but strong men retain riches. It says that a gracious woman will retain honor, but strong men retain riches. Of course, some other versions put that differently, but the KJV says strong men retain riches. What that scripture is saying is that a mark of a gracious woman is not that she obtains honor. It's not just that she, she has capacity to attract honor by her character and her virtues, but she has the capacity to retain honor. In other words, honor that is poured upon her does not change to dishonor by virtue of some sudden character flaw or sudden change of sudden misbehavior that manifests in her life. She has ability to retain honor. And then scripture says something very important about strong men. And it says, strong men retain riches. Strong men retain riches. You see, a major mark of your strength in your walk with the Lord is your ability to retain riches. To retain the riches that God pours into your life. That God, you know, you know, endues you with. And I'm not talking of hoarding money and just, you know, gathering and acquiring riches and not being able to share. I'm looking more now at our ability to retain spiritual deposits. To retain divine resources that are poured into our lives. You know why I'm sharing this with you? I found in my Christian race that God has taught me a whole lot of things. I, I mean, thousands probably of Bible studies and fellowships and conferences and programs and truths and quiet time, you know, and all kinds of divine input that God has poured into my life. How I wish I could retain more. That is why I'm forming the habit of going over and over and over again the things that God has taught me because I want to retain them. 
you know, my people, we have a saying, they say, you don't become rich by earning and losing. You don't become rich by earning and losing. People become wealthy because they have capacity to retain and to multiply wealth, not just spend everything that comes and then they keep, you know, uh, starting at uh, 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 level zero all the time. So I'm sharing this particularly with those of us who have been with us in the indwelling experience 20 in 2020. Those, if you have participated in that, we have spent time to see the incredible inheritance that we have in Christ, that Jesus lives in us, that the Holy Spirit, the same Spirit of the one that raised up Jesus from the dead, resides in you as a born-again child of God. And the Father God himself, the triune God, resides inside the believer. This is the miracle, the mind-boggling miracle of the new covenant that God will live in us and that we will become his temples. And I'd like you to retain those deposits. Retain those deposits even as we study grace. That way, your understanding of the grace of God will build upon the foundational truth of the indwelling because you see the grace we are talking about is the grace of the indwelling one the father who sits enthroned in heaven and also lives inside our hearts he is the god of all grace the lord jesus christ you know our savior who lives in our heart and sits at the right hand of the father at the same time he is the one that purchased endless boundless grace on our behalf and the holy spirit himself who lives in us he is the spirit of grace as we are going to see in the course of this study so i want you to retain riches in the book of isaiah scripture talks about here a little there a little line upon line precept upon precept truth upon truth upon truth it is cumulative truth that makes a matured believer the cumulative truth of the word of God that you have experienced and you have encountered in your journey through life. As the truth accumulates and accumulates in your spirit and remains functional, then you will notice that that truth begins to manifest and to produce fruit in and through your life. So the point I'm making is don't leak out what God has taught you because you are learning something new. I have learned from the Lord to add truth to the truth that he has already deposited inside my spirit and to find a way to keep all of these truths, you know, functional and active simultaneously in my life. And I find that that way I'm able to live a balanced Christian life and to continue to grow in grace. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, you know, something happened to me and uh, uh, that I want to share with you as we begin this journey of grace several years ago i traveled to you know one of the you know most northern cities in nigeria and uh, while we were there we actually went for a prayer you know a prayer initiative and while we were in that place my spirit was really troubled um on that trip and when i arrived in the city got into the hotel room i found that much of the night i could not sleep i found myself you know, in desperate prayer, just pouring out my heart to the Lord, weeping, tears streaming down, you know, nose running, 
and just just pouring out my heart to the lord and in that season of intense communion and fellowship the lord asked me a question that i will never forget for the rest of my life he asked me a question he asked me he said how would you rather live your life by the sweat of your face or by my grace he said how would you rather live by the sweat of your face or by my grace oh with tears streaming down my eyes i cried i said lord it will be a curse for me to live by my own effort and by the sweat of my face oh father i choose a life of grace lord i choose a life of grace i choose a life of grace i was pouring out my heart i was weeping i was praying and it dawned on me from that day that the life of grace was the life that I was called to live. And, you know, I can say that over the years, the Lord has been gracious. I have seen grace, 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 grace in multiplied dimensions of my life. Grace supplying my needs. Grace restoring my soul. Grace opening opportunities. Grace strengthening me through crisis. Grace, grace, grace bringing healing. Grace opening doors grace bringing me to places i never could get by my own strength how would you rather live by the sweat of your face or by the grace of almighty god i believe you will choose the life of grace and that is why it is so important that together we explore these uh, 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 crucial foundational subject of the word of god in second peter chapter 3 2nd Peter chapter 3 I'd like to read verse 18 and again this scripture is coming to us in the context of the end times it's coming in the context of the end times which is exactly where we are presently in 2nd Peter chapter 3 in um, from verse verse um, 10 it begins to say but the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night in which the heavens will pass away with a great noise and the elements will melt with fervent heat. Both the earth and the works that are in it will be burned up. Therefore, verse 11, since all these things will be dissolved, what manner of persons ought you to be in holy conduct and godliness, looking for and hastening the coming of the day of God, and then he mentions the heavens will be dissolved, they will be on fire. And then in verse 13, he says, Nevertheless, we, according to his promise, we look for new heavens and a new earth in which righteousness dwells, in which uprightness will have its permanent home. And then in this same context of the end of times, uh, and you can actually read that, you know, from verse um, 2. It was talking about believers remaining mindful of the words which were spoken by the holy prophets. And then he now wonders that there will be scoffers in the last day who are going to say in verse 4, 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 4, say, where is the promise of his coming? For since the fathers fell asleep, all things continue as they were from the beginning you see so you can see the point i'm trying to make before i read verse 18 is to establish the context of the instruction 
that is the key to the end times. This is the context of the end times when all kinds of things are happening. Persecution is taking place. You know, there are strange events taking place. There are scoffers and there are all kinds of threats and signs of the end times taking place. But in verse 18, in verse 18, look what the servant of God now says. He says, but grow in grace. Grow in grace. In the midst of all the things that are happening and will yet be happening, grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. To him be the glory, both now and forever. Amen. You see, the, the, the miracle of this instruction is that in the midst of everything that will be happening in the end times, this apostle who walked closely with the Lord, he gives us the key to thriving, to reigning in life, no matter what happens in the end times. He says, grow in grace. As the nations are shaking, as currencies are tumbling, economies are tottering, as plagues and pandemics are multiplied, and as all kinds of things are taking place, the apostle by the Spirit of God says, grow in grace. Grow in grace. Grow in all sufficient grace of Almighty God. Grace that will be more than enough no matter what time brings. Grace that will prepare you for eternity. Grace that will strengthen you and grace that will fortify you. Grace that will establish you in the midst of all the changes and all the shakings that will take place. Now the question is, why would he make this prescription to grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ? That brings me to the miracle of grace. It's because grace is the antidote to every device of the devil. Grace is the answer to every while of hell. Every strategy and stratagem of the wicked one is nullified by grace. And anyone that continues to grow in grace, such a person will have capacity to walk in victory no matter what the time brings because the grace of God will be sufficient. Glory to the name of Jesus Christ. So there was the introduction that I've sent out on, um, on uh, the platform, the Transforming Truth platform, and in that introduction, I was uh, uh, pointing out in the things that I wrote there that nothing can be more important than our study and thorough understanding of the dynamics of grace. You see, we are made by grace. We are called by grace. We are saved by grace. We are kept by grace. We are sustained by grace. We are empowered by grace. We are blessed by grace. We are supplied by grace. So grace runs the entire thing. Grace is the foundation of God's relationship with all creation. Do you know that there is nothing that is created that has the capacity to subsist on merit in the sight of God? I'm going to say that again. Excuse me. There is nothing created that has capacity to subsist, that means to exist and to thrive in the sight of God 
on the basis of merit. You see, a table cannot merit anything in the sight of the carpenter. Creatures cannot merit anything. They cannot qualify for anything in the sight of the Creator. So it is because of God's grace and His tender mercies over all of His works and because of His mercies that we are not consumed. This is very, very important. And what I'm sharing with you, you're going to find out in our course as we study grace that even sinless creation is dependent on grace. What do I mean by that? Even angels who never sinned, who never fell like Lucifer or sinned like Adam, they themselves are dependent on grace. Do you know what the Bible says? It says, what do you have that you did not receive? So it means that our, create, our being created and everything that we have, we receive by grace. Do you know that the living creatures in the sight of God, you can confront them with the same question. What do you have, living creatures, that you did not receive by grace? You can confront the archangel Michael with the same question. What do you have, angel, that you did not receive by grace? And the answer to that is nothing. So if sinless creation are also dependent on the grace of God, how much more fallen creation how much more those of us that are part of that we are part of fallen humanity that have now been redeemed by grace how else can we thrive except by learning the protocols of the grace of god blessed be the name of jesus christ you know we breed grace literally the very air we breathe is given to us by grace you know in that introduction i i did a little calculation and I found that if God charged us one cent for every breath, just imagine that God said, okay, um, you're going to pay for the breath that you receive and uh, the bill will be one cent per breath. Now, we take about 15 breaths every minute. Um, so if you, you, can, you can count that, but it's about 15 breaths on average every minute. Do you know that at one cent per, per breath, uh, and at 15 breaths per minute, the annual breath bill will come to $78,840 per person. <laughs> that means if God just charged me one cent for every breath that I take, it will be $78,840 per annum. Per annum for one year. Now, multiply that by your local currency, then you, you will get the amount in your own uh, local currency in your country. But this translates to $216 per day. And 80% of the entire world's population, they live on less than $10 a day. But it, at, at one cent per breath, your breath bill alone will be $216 per day. So that is automatically outside the reach of 80% of the world population that survive on only $10 a day or less. So, you see that the, this is, this is the, the bill if God charged us just one cent for breeding. Now, if you raise the bill to $1 per breath, and I normally say to people, if you think it's too expensive, don't breed. <laughs> of course, that, that would be death. So, it cannot be too expensive. If it was $1, the bill will come to $7.88 million dollars per annum for every one year huh? that is 
that is what the bill will come to if God were to charge us. But do you know what God does? He gives this bread to us absolutely free. A gift of grace. And then he simply says to us, let everything that has breath, praise the Lord. <laughs> Isn't that wonderful? Let everything that has breath, praise the Lord. Just give praise and bring gratitude for the gift of grace. So you see, grace is so crucial. Grace is the fuel that runs the believer's engine. Grace is the fuel that runs the believer's engine. It is the open secret of triumphant kingdom living, Christian living. Uh, and the Christian life is impossible without increasing measures of grace. Blessed be God forevermore. It is this grace that is sufficient and all sufficient for everything you can face in life. We are going to show that from the word of God as we study together. It is the divine antidote. <laughs> you know, when you talk about, you know, poisons and venoms, you talk about antidotes, the answer to those poisons and venoms. Grace is the neutralizer of every satanic device and agenda. Whatever the devil manufactures can be neutralized by grace. Grace. So that's why it is so important for us to grow in grace, to study grace, to understand the operations of grace. And there's one final thought I'd like to bring to you before I close this introduction to the course. And that is what I call the law of grace. Do you know that the law of grace is the highest law in the universe? I personally believe that the law of grace is the highest law. It is the iron law of God's relationship with all creation. It is the sole and singular platform for any beneficial relationship between dependent creatures and an absolutely independent creator. Do you know that the law of grace is higher than the law of sowing and reaping? You see, the law of sowing and reaping is valid and the law of grace does not nullify the law of sowing and reaping, but it's a higher law. Let me give you an example. Do you know that grace can intervene to suspend uh, sowing and reaping for the recipient of grace? I'm, I'm, I'm telling you that the law of grace is superior to the law of sowing and reaping. Now, sowing and reaping means you plant, you reap. But do you know that if we were to follow the law of sowing and reaping, nobody would be saved? You see, sowing and reaping would have landed all of us in, a, in an eternity in a lake of fire if we were to have reaped from what we sowed. But what did God do? Bah! Glory to the Son of God. God introduced a higher law, the law of grace. The law of grace whereby something, somebody receives what grace gives, not what they planted. That's how we are saved. That's how we are saved. <laughs> because Jesus planted and then we reap where we did not sow. We reap mercy. We reap grace. We reap forgiveness. We reap eternal glory. We reap joint airship. We become joint heirs with Christ. We didn't plant anything to merit that. But now we are seated with Christ in heavenly places. We are new creatures. What did we plant so that we can reap and become new creatures? Nothing. But Jesus planted on Calvary and out of the seed that the Father sowed, now we are reaping eternal life. How is that so? Because of the law of grace. 
because of the law of grace. Nothing can help a person who is not helped by grace. If grace does not help you, nothing can help you. See, it is not of him that wills or of him that runs, but of the one that, sh of, that shows mercy. Do you know that even after sowing and reaping, you must still plead grace? See, what I'm teaching, you are going to uncover the, the, the realities, the, the depths of amazing grace in the course of our study. If, let me give you an example. After a farmer finishes cultivating his field, he has planted. But do you know that it is the law of grace that is going to bring rain and sunshine on what he planted that will make a harvest possible? So we, we have taught sowing and reaping. And sowing and reaping is correct. I'm not minimizing sowing and reaping. And there are areas where if you don't plant anything, you're not going to reap anything. But I want to introduce to you the highest law of God's relationship with creation. And it is the law of grace. His inalienable right. Do you know that the law of grace is the highest manifestation of divine sovereignty? See, sovereignty means that God can do whatever he likes with whoever he likes in all of creation and not be called to account. <laughs> That's why he is God. Somebody said, God has a way of doing things in his universe. And he says, you and I may not like it, but you don't have a universe. <laughs> so God has a way of doing things in his universe. And we may not like it, but we don't have a universe. But the point is that the law of grace shows that God has an inalienable right, right that you cannot take away, to do what he wants with all creation, to have mercy on who he wants to have mercy and compassion on the one that he wants to have compassion. The law of grace. We are going to be uncovering all of these things. Huh? So you see that the problem with Satan, Adam and Eve, was that they broke the law of grace. They were not content with grace. And that's how they fell into disgrace. Do you know that the genesis of the trouble of mankind was that mankind was not content with grace? Satan himself was elevated by grace to be the covering cherub. Satan had pipes and organs. Satan was right by the throne of God. That's where grace located him. But Satan was not content with grace. He began to plan a coup in heaven. So what happened to him? He ended up in disgrace. Adam and Eve were created by grace. They were endowed by grace with this fabulous, fabulous garden where there was nothing missing, nothing broken, everything provided. They had fellowship with the Father God. They were blessed beyond imagination. But they wanted something more. They were not content with grace. That's how they ended up in disgrace. You see, when people are not content with grace, when people will not humbly seek and pursue grace, they end up in disgrace. Because the law of grace is the highest law of the universe. That's why the Bible says, the angels who did not keep their first estate, the estate that grace gave them. You see, you see, the grace gave them something, but they were not content with that. So what happened? They fell into disgrace. The Bible said, God cast them down. You see, they didn't stay in the place where grace put them. In God's economy, the only thing that exists outside of grace is disgrace. This is, this is what I'm sharing with you is, 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 is terrifying. Do you know that in the universe, everything 
exist and subsist on the grace of the Creator, the kindness of the Almighty. So anybody who will not exist on the grace of God is destined for disgrace. And it will be a very different universe if God was not gracious. Glory to the name of Jesus Christ. The law of grace is superior to the law of Moses. The law of grace is superior to the law of Moses. Do you know Paul was preaching in Acts chapter 13 and he said something to the people he was preaching to. He was talking to them about salvation in Christ. And Paul says to them that in this man, Christ Jesus, uh, that you will be justified from all things in Acts chapter 13, verse 39. Look what he says. In fact, 38 and 39. He said, therefore, let it be known to you, brethren, that through this man, Jesus Christ, is preached to you the forgiveness of sins. Verse 39. And by him, everyone who believes, anyone who believes in Jesus, glory, glory to the Son of God, that person is justified from all things from which you could not be justified by the law of Moses. He said, you will be justified from everything that you could not be justified from under the law of Moses. Do you know that under the law of Moses, there were certain things that if you did them, there, were, there was no sacrifice for you. There is no cow. No burnt offering, no sin offering, no guilt offering. It was death. Things like witchcraft, things like adultery, things like immorality, fornication, things like idolatry. In the, under the law of Moses, excuse me, under the law of Moses, there was no justification for those things. But under the law of grace, oh, glory to the Son of God, under the law of grace, do you know under the law of Moses, there was no justification for homosexuality. Homosexuals were stoned to death. But glory to Jesus, under the law of grace, there is forgiveness for fornicators, sexually immoral, homosexuals, all kinds of people, all of us, sinners and fallen creatures. We can have justification that was not possible under the law of Moses. But which law now? By, by the law of grace. By the law of of grace by the law of grace blessed be the name of jesus christ so grace is the highest law of the universe and that's why we'll be studying grace do you know that there is a remedy for breaking other laws if you broke the law of moses grace can help you in this dispensation but if you break the law of grace there is nothing remaining there is nothing remaining for those that have done despite, Hebrews chapter 6 says, to the spirit of grace. People that reject grace, what is remaining is judgment, is disgrace. First of all, there was an age of nothing where there was nothing but God. So God created everything. Then you now had the age of innocence when man was created and there was no sin. And then you had the fall. And then you had the law, the age of the law, the season of the law. And then you have the age of grace, which is where we are right now. But do you know there is nothing beyond the age of grace? Beyond grace lies judgment. Those who do not receive grace, all that they have remaining is judgment. But as we are going to see as we study uh, uh, you know, the school of grace and how to reign in life 
by growing in grace and downloading watch that word because you are going to encounter it more by downloading grace increasing ceaseless grace as we continue on this study you are going to see that the grace of god is multi-dimensional grace is not just the forgiveness of our sins grace is not just you know god strengthening us in our time of difficulty you know when somebody is going through something difficult they say oh bro god's grace oh god's grace to you god's grace grace is more than inner enablement it is part of grace but grace is more than that grace is much much more than the forgiveness of our sins i will be defining grace in our next session as we study in the school of grace in the name of jesus christ so i have said to you that we must retain riches as God is pouring into you, retain what God pours into you by meditating on them, growing on them, studying them further and internalizing them and then practicing them. And then I've also shared with you that grace is the iron law of the universe. Grace is the highest law in operation in God's relationship with things created. Hallelujah. And that grace is all sufficient in Jesus name. Amen. Now, I, I quickly want to run down our course content so that you have an idea of what to expect as we study in the School of Grace. We will be spending time to understand grace and see that grace is all-sufficient. We are also going to see the necessity to grow in grace, just like I mentioned at the beginning. And then we'll be studying what I call manifestations of grace. We are going to see grace manifested in diverse lives and individuals that God dealt with in scripture. And then we, we learn a lot of lessons uh, from about grace from studying the manifestations of grace. We will also be looking at the possibilities of grace, what grace can accomplish uh, in a life uh, when grace arrives. And then, wow, there is a, there is a chapter in, in, the, in the material that I call, that is called the cripple at the king's table. We are going to see how grace can uproot a person from the wilderness and plant him at the table of the king. And then we are going to be studying the lessons of grace. There are at least 10 lessons of grace. We will be studying that together. And then we are going to now focus on reigning in life, how we can receive abundance of grace to be able to reign in life. We will also be studying the sources of grace. You know, one of the things that happened to me as I've been studying grace is because I hear people say, God's grace, oh, grace to you, you know, oh, I wish you grace. And then you read in the Bible, we say, grace be multiplied. So I began to ask questions. How do I find grace? I ask a lot of questions. I say, where do I find grace? And the Spirit of God began to reveal to me 10 sources of grace. It's, it's, it's amazing that there are places you can collect grace. There are protocols for collecting, for downloading, for finding, and for multiplying grace in a life. We will be studying that. And we are going to be seeing how to tap grace from the sources of grace. And then finally, we'll be looking at grace for effective ministry. See, the grace of God is not just for us as individuals. It's also for us to impact and to minister to other people. So this is what the roadmap looks like. And I want to thank God that you have signed up for this course. I want to encourage you to connect with other people, encourage them to also sign up. And if you go to the website, eternityministries.org shop, 
I have put that out on the uh, on the platform. Then you can you can download the entire uh, uh, School of Grace book as well as MP3 teachings along this line that you can even listen to to enrich yourself um, uh, in the process of our studying together. But don't forget that we have established in this introductory session that grace is the iron law of the universe. Grace is the law that the supreme law that guides God's relationship with all of creation. And it is the manifestation of sovereignty that God will choose to give us grace. Oh, glory to God for his matchless grace. And so you see, the, the plan of God is that we recipients of grace, we will be to the praise of the glory of his grace, which he has lavished upon us. Our lives will be a celebration of grace. And then we will be giving grace, oozing grace. As we are tapping and downloading grace, we are oozing grace. Oh, what? Oh, yeah, glory to the Son of God. As we are receiving grace multiplied from our Heavenly Father, we become channels of grace. Oh, to a world of disgrace. And as the grace of God comes into the lives of people, we see disgrace changing into grace. We see people becoming testaments of grace, going from grass to grace, all because of the matchless grace of Almighty God. Let's pray together that God will open our hearts and our eyes in this journey of grace. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, thank you for bringing this revelation to us at this time. So there is a secret that if we keep growing inside, no matter what the times bring, we will thrive, we will reign in life. Father, we receive this word from you. And I pray for my brothers and sisters, leaders, servants of God, that Lord, you will use this teaching to bring an explosion of your grace in every heart and in every family, in every life, in church congregations, in the name of Jesus. Thank you, blessed Father. Oh, that your grace will keep pouring into our spirits, Lord, in these perilous times, in the name of Jesus Christ. Thank you, Heavenly Father. In Jesus' name, we have prayed. Amen and amen. God bless you. God bless you. Please, share these things with others. You can use this for, you know, start a small group, your Bible study, start this in the church. Use this for Sunday school. You know, multiply the truth and, and let the people of God be blessed. Share it on your platforms, you know. Place it anywhere that it can bless other people because this journey of grace is incredible. And uh, I thank God and I look forward to what we do in our lives as we study together. God bless you. God bless you. Lord of the land and Lord of the sea.